some people think little girls should be seen and not heard. One, two, three, four! People do feel very radically different about gender experience. I mean, that's just like the rules of feminism. That diversity is like the number one thing I think that has to be reckoned with. Agenda with women in the arts. You're listening to Agenda by Women in the Arts. I'm Isabel Hawthorburn. And I'm Katie Winton. Today on Agenda, we're going to be shaking things up a little bit and uh, chatting to two incredible guests, cutting out our uh, feminist news reporting for today. In about 15 minutes, we'll be joined by Brisbane-based artist Hannah Bronte, whose work centres on resilience, Indigenous politics, matriarchal futures and challenging current societal structures. Uh, And to be honest, I think you might be enjoying this little reprieve from just like the horror that is news from a feminist perspective. Uh, I know that every week we uh, try and bring you, you know, relevant data, Um, but we've been listening to you and it's been so horrible. The last couple of months, the last couple of weeks, and particularly the last couple of days have been very taxing on everyone. And so as much as we preach self-care, we do tend to just berate you with like the most horrible things that have happened in the world. And so this week uh, we're going to practice what we preach and we're going to celebrate women and we're not going to talk about Sad anything. things. Sad things. We're not <laughs> no going to talk about things. Donald Trump. <laughs> Donald Trump, we're not going to talk about Brexit. We're not talking la, about la, la, Stop it. Stop it. Okay. okay, okay <laughs> we're not going to talk about nasty things. Uh, it's really important sometimes just to, it's not burying your head in sand it's just self-care sometimes and so sometimes you just need to laugh and you need to listen to amazing people and this week we're we're talking to amazing people so many amazing people on the show today we're joined right now by emerging writer and performance artist emma size to chat about the ethics of pornographic auto-theoretical and post-digital writing what's up thanks for joining us emma g'day toots (laughs) (laughs) i feel like that was a bit of a misleading Was intro. It? Um, we're talking more about masculinity okay. today than, than you, porn and you, auto how do you, although I do like, love just that do as your as own well. intro. What, what do you want to talk about today? Oh, well, <laughs> we can talk about that too, but actually, um, just like totally off the record, we're here to promo an event this afternoon that's right, called Masculinity okay. sorry, Mega Mix sorry, sorry, sorry. that doesn't have too much to do with pornography, although masculinity in general can is, I guess, Can we talk X-rated. about pornography later on? In the can episode? we talk about it a little bit? Absolutely. Okay, great. cool. So do you want to tell us about Masculinity Mega Mix? It's a tongue twister. <laughs> sure, since you asked, Katie. <laughs> I thought um, it was called E-Masculinity Mega Mix. No, it's called like, Emerge. The exhibition maybe. is called Emerge, right? It's Masculinity Mega Mix. At Emerge, because yeah. Emerge is like an, a two-week or at least ongoing exhibition at Gaffer Gallery um, that has a bunch of emerging artists organised by some UNSW art and design, formerly known as COFA students. Um, but for this afternoon, we have a special treat called Masculinity Megamix Feet Me and my uncle, Jerry Priestman, um, which is me in drag. And... What I'll be showing um, is a video work called Triple J Masculinity Mega Mix that is a supercut um, of music videos by artists who have been featured on Triple J in the last five years. Um, and it just shows this 
sweet ongoing trend of um, men kind of dressing up as 70s, 80s versions of masculinity, um, which is quite so interesting. So transgressive. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Is. Yeah. And um, Jerry will be there kind of as people. So the video will be on loop for a bit and Jerry will, you know, misread this video and talk to you if you come, um, let you know how he feels about it. So there's kind of two elements to the work. There's the video and then Jerry's response to the video. Yeah. So we're getting, um, that's why I guess it's a mega mix. Because we've got, you know, multiple masculinities going on, um, which is really beautiful because you often can be in a room with, you know, only art bros and you won't get a baby boomer in the mix as well. So that's what I'd like to provide this afternoon, I guess, a a chocolate box, a tasting plate, (laughs) a degustation menu of men. I love it. How? What was the criteria for the... So is the video work a mashup of film clips that have been featured on Triple J? Um, music yeah. videos by artists who have been on right. Triple J, Triple J Unearthed. And what was the selection process for the videos? Um, it just started with um, bands that I knew and then I would just kind of type into YouTube like Flight Facilities, Tame Impala, <laughs> um, and, you know, lo and behold, at least one of their music videos would be some sweet throwback. Um, and a lot of them as well have quite interesting, you know, Americana imagery, um, you know, frontier imperialist imagery. So it's um, it's a sweet goodie bag of um, problems and things to unpack. <laughs> what are some of the problems? What are some of the things to unpack? Can we unpack them? Yeah, IRL? for sure. Please. Um I guess what I find interesting about it is that we definitely have seen like an ongoing trend like lately with um, men particularly, you know, who we would call the art bros or like the left-leaning dudes um, in our lives. The guys with gear, often um, men that we love and appreciate as friends, also kind of ironically maybe performing um, a nostalgic like vintage masculinity, um, throwback masculinity. Um, and we often don't fully, you know, question it because it's ironic or we might roll our eyes, but I don't think we really consider and necessarily they really consider um, the way in which performing those kinds of outdated, like white Aussie masculinities um, is problematic because they're, you know, masculinities that are toxic. They're predicated on sexism, racism, colonialism, all those other sweet isms. Um, and I think this supercut, like when you put all these different moments together and you see that it's um, an ongoing trend and you put, you know, Don't Dream It's Over by Crowded House in the background and you see that putting it all together kind of feels like um, a bizarre, like, farewell um, to something gross or like an ad for, um, <laughs> like, a KKK, like, men's group. Yeah, it kind of negates <laughs> all of the racism <clears throat> that's attached to that. And it seems like uh, even that kind of Kieran J. Callahan and um, and Mac DeMarco performing homosexuality is also, like, kind of like that. Like, like oh, I'm kissing a guy. It's so subversive. And it's like, no, it's not subversive. Yeah, um, it's just... <laughs> I mean, I have actually looked at, you know, Mac DeMarco and Kieran J. Callanan, and mm. I actually have them on my my powerpoint for this afternoon oh my god um, i love that you have a powerpoint <laughs> yeah so for the excellent. for the um the talk that will come after the presentation where we're really gonna dig into the practice-based research i hope you have some really solid word art just to like there is there is some it. word art yes oh um god, on the first slide we this. have um this time dot 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 <laughs> nothing's <laughs> off limits um but i wouldn't necessarily interpret what they're doing um <clears throat> as being like I don't know, reenacting homosexuality for some kind of uh, subversive 
cultural capital. Mm. Um, I think a lot of what they're doing is quite interesting. I'm still looking into it, but um, I think it's just part of, you know, a broader trend where we've seen like drag king culture, you know, in Sydney is like dead. There's not really a drag king culture, even though Can we... Can you explain what drag king culture is? So drag kings are just kind of a binaristic opposite of the drag queen. Um, mm. So generally it's women, but can also be um, trans men or other queer people dressing up and impersonating men. So obviously in general culture, um, drag queening has like kind of a much um, bigger presence than the phenomenon of drag kinging and it hasn't had as much, you know, academic research as well. Um, but one of the like key theorists in drag kinging and female masculinity um, is Jack Halberstam. And Jack um, has this really interesting article about how Austin Powers and like the full Monty, uh, these movies where you kind of see um, cis men digest the queer culture of drag kinging to start actually consciously like hyper performing masculinity in a similar way to how drag kings do um so in some ways i would look at what mac demarco and kira and jake hallinan do as um, hyper performing as like showing how there is um kind of uh, a you know interesting mediated relationship um between maybe people who would like openly identify as queer and like practice as drag kings um, and people that don't identify as that and maybe, you know, more in, like, popular culture. I think it shows how um, porous a lot of these boundaries are. Yeah, I actually feel like Kieran J. Callan and, and Mac DeMarco's, pra- both of their practices, I feel like, are, are kind of more um, complicated than just, like, performing that as a... You know, like, I feel like they do have really interesting relationships with gender and they actually play with that in a way that is quite... Um, I, I don't know, it doesn't feel particularly gross or performative to me I don't feel that but I definitely have heard that like perspective of like people being like it seems like you're just borrowing from like an experience that isn't your own I think it's it's a mixed bag also Mm. and Mm. like um some things you know Mac DeMarco's video clip for My Kind of Woman um where he dresses up as a woman you know has been explained by the director as we wanted to look at this not as you know a love song to a woman but as a love song to maybe like a feminine side of someone's self. And obviously we can, you know, and should discuss how that may or may not be problematic. But also um, I think it's part of understanding that, you know, even the hetero like cis man has a complicated relationship to gender as well and may want to, you know, engage in cross-dressing at times. Like, and absolutely, that's, you know perfectly yeah. fine um but then other video clips you know that mark demarco has where i think it's in another one sometimes he's just like putting his finger in his butt and making himself poop so yeah like... no and like i do you know i kind of um don't really like that super bro yeah. part of it um but yeah like in that video clip for another one um but there's some dressing up beholden to that all the time yeah yeah well people are you know multi-dimensional complicated people and I'm the last person who's going to come in and defend men but also um they 
Speaking of multi-dimensional, yeah. um, <laughs> oh my god, Katie Winton, the most amazing segue. Thank of you, all time. thank you very much. I actually considering where we wanted to talk to you a little bit about porn as well, and your previous, yeah, we can talk about that. Great, too. your <laughs> yeah. previous work at First Draft, which used erotic fan fiction as a medium, mm. which <laughs> was really interesting. And Jerry actually made an appearance at your mm. talk about. Um, the work called Postcoitus, which is part of College of Fine Arts. Can you tell us a little bit about that work? Can yeah. we just like articulate that College of Fine Arts, not College of Fine Arts, it's College of Fine Arts. I don't know. You may take that to be a porno reworking of <laughs> College of Fine Arts, but I could never confirm or deny that. Um, having said that, I did write um, a self-insert erotic fanfic about my time at art school. Um for my writer's residency at First Draft. So basically, I just noticed that I was having a lot of experiences um, with men at art school that weren't really correlating with our idea of art school as like a super liberal, um, left-wing, semi-feminist paradise. Um, And so I started writing this fanfic where um, I would write about, you know, real things that happened to me in the classroom, etc., and then kind of develop on those and bring more criticality into it through fictitious sex scenes um, with lecturers and tutors that I had (laughs) at art school. So post-coitus was um, kind of showing a work in progress because it's like a book-length work, College of Fine Arts, featuring a whole cast of um, different dudes. But (laughs) post-coitus is just an excerpt with like one particular um, problematic guy and then also had a bunch of scenes of me just like sitting around with my gal pals being like, isn't it like so weird when, you know, guys like try and, you know, touch you. <laughs> um, but, you know, more, more critical than that. And it's going to be something <laughs> that you continue to explore with College of Fine Arts. That was yes. an excerpt, but there's going to be more writing yes, around Yes, yes. It's going to be um, a book length project that I'm slowly working on, but I am doing, you know, honours this year and like showing different things. And I've gotten more into um, Jerry and the drag stuff. So I think we can expect it um, in, you know, first or second quarter of 2018. You heard it here first. Yeah. On FBI Radio, also, on Agenda, which is what you've been listening Katie to. Katie Winton is going to buy your first copy. Oh, yeah, I'm your biggest fan. Um, <laughs> Emma, thank you so much for coming in to talk to us today. We'll pop some details up on our Agenda show page for where you can head to Emerge featuring Masculinity Megamix mm. this afternoon at Gaffer Gallery. We're going to take a track now from Faka, who are an incredible performance duo established by Fela Gucci and Desire Maria. Um, and exemplifies their mission of unapologetic representation of black queer culture in South Africa. An amazing video clip. We'll also pop a link up to that. Stay tuned because we're going to be chatting to Brisbane-based artist Hannah Bronte right after this track. Cantina, get your mini, the 
track by Faka there. You're on Agenda on FBI Radio. We're joined now by Brisbane-based artist Hannah Bronte. Hannah, thank you so much for coming in to chat to us today and congratulations on such an incredible night the other night for After Party at Frida's. <laughs> thank you. It was so good. Um, how did that, how did it go? Um, yeah, it went really well. Um, the setup, I feel like after you've spray painted like a hundred palm leaves before you can do it quickly the second round, (laughs) (laughs) getting better at it. Yeah, it was really good. That was an amazing crowd too. So that was a reiteration of Fempress or was it something that was kind of similar to that work that you were developing? Um, yeah, I think, I don't know, Fempress has become like an umbrella for Mm -hmm. just kind of like a dream nightclub scape I guess that I've just started like changing but um yeah definitely was like a different version of the one I did at the IMA yeah because I've always wanted to do kind of that big installation with a club night and so it's just starting to get bigger like to where I want it to get yeah can you talk a little bit about this the origins of Fempress and the work that you start like the start of that work yeah um, I think Fempress began um, originally through Next Wave. That's how it like actually got funded. But in terms of an idea of that, um, I love hip hop and I go to lots and lots of gigs. And um, I think I just got sick of like the white boy fest on stage and like just talking about, I don't know, just like appropriating black culture. I got really over it. So I wanted to make a space that was all females and like 
like predominantly like black and indigenous female MCs and female DJs and like everything. I just was like, I love the idea that we can like photograph it, run it, produce it. Like we don't need you. Yeah. So that's how it started. Katie, That's Katie, sorry. Katie and I went to one of the Roxanne Gay talks, and she had this really pointed question where they were like, "How do you negotiate like the misogyny in <laughs> uh, in hip hop culture?" And she was like, uh, "Have you listened to music ever? Like yeah. it's everywhere. <laughs> yeah. It's not this like problem within hip hop <laughs> culture." And so, yeah, I was just wondering like how you, um, yeah, how you like balance the kind of like. The, the, I, th- I think we've interviewed a few people where it's kind of like the club space is transgressive mm. and celebratory. Can you talk a little bit about that? Just like yeah. without being like, hip-hop is really yeah. misogynistic. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that that whole like thing is a bit dead. Like that's old. I think that's kind of like an old safe way of, I don't know, getting kids to shut down. Like rap is incredible and it's such an amazing empowering tool and I think that if you put it down to just being misogynistic it makes it easy to just put Mm. it down on a level where no one gets to like be interested in it or I guess be open to it but um it's much bigger than that and I think it's like it's like the language of the oppressed like it makes sense and yeah I think that definitely within like a club space combining that there's a lot of friends and family and I don't know, I discuss like a lot of our community, like they're not safe on the street and like the club they are. So I think that making the club, I don't know, I guess like a festival or that kind of feeling every night is a dream of mine. I definitely think that that feeling that you have when you're in that space and you feel safe and you feel looked after and you feel empowered, I think that's important in a club space because a lot of people never feel like that in their waking life. So I think that's great. Yeah. yeah, I think to disengage or to say like hip hop's misogynistic, therefore we're not going to engage with it yeah. at all is such a, it ends that conversation as well. And it kind yeah. of doesn't allow for the fact that a lot of things are more nuanced. And, yeah. you know, as Roxane Gay talks about, you can be a bad feminist, you mm. know, in quotation marks, or you can be, you can have like a complicated relationship with something. Or, you yeah, know, no like doubt. It's, and it's, but it's kind of more complex. Yeah, it's than, so bullshit that it's like black and white. Totally. Like, yeah. Well, nothing, nothing is. Yeah. <laughs> but you wouldn't be in a first world country and be like, I don't know, I think that's bullshit to exactly. act like you're not part of something yeah. yeah yeah totally and you use words like cunt mafia sorry mm. language warning oh, yeah. radio but um, <laughs> like you I feel like the te- like a lot of your work the text around like that installation and you know like um putting kind of words in that space that are mm. you know more I, I don't know how to not use buzzwords but like more empowering to women or female yeah. identifying people like can you talk a little bit about your installation process as well yeah, I think it just, I don't know, there's a whole idea of like, you know, I love Harry Potter, so I'm going to do a Harry Potter <laughs> Please. But you know, with the yes, Voldemort shit. So <laughs> yeah. how it's like, you know, if they don't say his name, it empowers it. It's yeah. the same shit. If you don't say all of these words and then you only get it in a negative context, whereas if your sissies are saying it to you on the daily and then some random idiot says it to you like, yeah, radio, like it doesn't, <laughs> it kind of bounces off you. Yeah. So I love that idea about that, like, I don't know, people always kind of do that stuff of, like, we're taking it back and, like, we're claiming it back. I don't know. It's more just kind of, like, I just want to try, like, stopping that kind of power with language like that. Mm. I just think that it's also, like, the language of the oppressor. So I don't think we should care so much. I just, yeah, off it. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm really into that, like, reshaping something to be a positive Mm. space rather than to focus on. And it's not to say that you can't focus on being, you know, 
um, aware of negativity mm. or aware of negative problems, but like your spaces and your works really do feel like a very <laughs> positive space to be in. And there's so much dancing and there's so much happiness that comes out of like joy that comes out of that. Yeah, we, that's really yeah, important. Yeah, we were talking about that. Look, we were watching it this morning, some of your video clips. It's like I was <laughs> thinking about like Tanahasi Coates and like the way that he thinks about like black bodies in public mm. spaces and how. Uh, just loaded that is and, and just how traumatic it can be to be a black body in those spaces and your your video work seemed to be just like it gives you tingles to watch it it's just <laughs> so good and like it just makes <laughs> oh, you feel lovely. more powerful and like you <laughs> know I, I feel like that must be what a lot of people feel so yeah is that the response you're having that um I definitely have found that with like a lot of like mob like especially sissies when they watch it um they cry usually the first mm. time because I think it is hard like even writing it and filming it like holy Moses like you see how many women in that clip we did it all in a day. Oh, it's that was beautiful. There was babies, like there was breastfeeding in between shots. Like it was oh. pretty hectic. But um, yeah, there's a lot, and it's it's pretty exhausting to try and be positive all the time. So I, I guess I felt like when that was going on, um, there was a lot happening in a lot of like um our community and my own life and that kind of stuff. But I think I just, I don't know, I had this like wave of feeling like fiercely optimistic where I was just like almost like angrily <laughs> positive. Yeah. yeah. I love that line in your bio that says mm-hmm. like fierce down to my bones. <laughs> so good. Yeah. It's so good. <laughs> um, I, I guess a lot of your work, you do have quite a strong online presence as well. Like do you find that because because you have you also have quite a strong community of people that you work with in terms of DJs and artists and Mm. um people that are kind of involved in your work do you make those are they people that you know already or do you make those connections online or is that something that you engage with it's definitely not I'm not an online Mm. like yeah I I definitely like (laughs) face to face yeah yeah Yeah. I don't really fuck with like dms and stuff (laughs) I'd feel really awkward if it's like businessy and being like hey love your thing like I just would feel like that's like, if I meet you and we have good yarn, like, that's cool. Then yeah. we're probably going to work together. But Ooh. I don't know if I'd be, <laughs> like, sussing it out in other ways. Yeah. Which is incredible because you have brought a lot of Brisbane-based artists down to Sydney, mm. right, for this yeah. For the for the after party, yeah, um, which was amazing. Miss Blanks mm-hmm. is Brisbane based. Yeah, Miss Blanks right? and yeah. Jessla. Yeah. yeah, they were so incredible. Yeah, and, yeah. cool. Yeah, they're definitely um, – there's actually a film clip that um, they all put together a cipher of all the Brisbane MCs that's um, coming out soon. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that we filmed at the Fempress. So that was like the live party where people got to be part of the music video. But yeah, definitely like Brisbane female scene is going off. Yeah. Yes. So oh. good. And it's really fiery and it's exciting because everyone's on each other's team, which is so lovely. Yeah, there's yeah. something really um, incredible about bringing people into a new space as mm. well that you've worked with before and you have those relationships with. Yeah. I feel like in Brisbane, though, I've noticed even in Sydney, like, um, yeah, I don't know. I've just noticed it, like, from when you come from Brisbane, I feel like everyone knows each other. Like, you go to each other's shows, all that kind of stuff. So there's a lot more support, and but there's a lot more, like, goofiness as well where everyone's kind of okay Which with if something great. fucks up. They're like, ah, oh, shit. Like, you know, <laughs> whereas down here, I feel like people are like... Like, Very serious. Oh my god, so, so serious. serious. I'm yeah. from Brisbane, so oh. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. <laughs> I'm like from London. I'm like everything is going terribly. Yeah. It's so cool. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, maybe it's the sunnier weather. Like, yeah. It sounds more lax. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's gonna be fine. Mm. Well, thank you so much for coming in, um, and you can catch 
Ahana, mm. uh, DJing at Heaps Gay for Vivid Sydney tomorrow night. Yeah, that's Jess Wah's performance, and I'm just DJing for her. Cool. Yeah, amazing. Same rapper that was at the event. Yeah, definitely cool. check that out. We'll pop a link up to, on and the agenda cool. show page. You've requested a track by Christina Anu. Yeah. Rain. Can you tell us a tiny bit about Yes. Um, our beautiful big sister who passed away last Sunday. Um, this is a song we used to dance to, and it was our favorite when rain season came. So I just wanted to play that. This is Rain by Christine Anu. You've been listening to Agenda on FBI Radio. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, oh, yeah. oh, oh, I love it and I love it in the 